Welcome to this Sometime Spouse Podcast. I am Christy Ogle with Sometime Spouse. Today on Ask an Expert, I have Corey Myers from Lubbock Consulting. Hi, Corey. Welcome. Hey, Christy. It's great to be here. I am so excited to talk to you. We've uh, done a few things before, but this is the first time that you've been on the Sometimes Spouse podcast. Tell us how you got started in marketing. Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, I got started a long time ago uh, in continuous improvement operations management and all that stuff uh, inside of companies, and I was working. Um, in the army, I was always doing, you know, improvement projects. And, and so I was kind of breaking the rules of follow the orders and just do it. I was like, Hey, how can we do this easier and better and faster? And, uh, I carried that on into my professional outside of the military career and kept doing that. And I said, well, why don't I just start a company, uh, that teaches people things like marketing and operations, excellence and things like that. And so back in 2016, I started Lubbock Consulting and uh, we've been we've been going ever since. So. So you said you were in the military. Tell us what you did in a former life before you were into consulting. Yeah, so uh, I joined the military back in 2005, um, uh, not directly after high school, but pretty close. And I, uh, so I sold a, a few things and then I went into the military. I was aviation operations, which means that I was doing, I was planning missions and, and all of this stuff in Afghanistan for our helicopters. And so if you think of, you know, these movies and things like that, where that, you know, they land the guys on the ground and they go uh, take the compound or whatever, that's basically what I was planning those aircraft to do. Uh, I had, uh, you know, we had an office in Afghanistan. I had a great team around me, but you know, one of the things that I did, um, outside of that is I, I made like a little website. I've been making websites since I was 14, which seems insane, but, uh, so I've been making websites over 20 years and, uh, I made this like little dinky website and it was just some things, uh, to get us into the shared drive a little bit easier. And they said, hey, let me show you this. And so we went over uh, to another place and we found SharePoint. And I actually took SharePoint from uh, just a program that somebody was using to uh, a Fort Campbell 101st Airborne uh, Division wide initiative. And we actually implemented that uh, myself and another uh, another guy named John. Uh, and we uh, we basically, you know, transformed the way that the army communicates through this new platform. And so I was the program director, even though I was a private and a specialist uh, in rank, I was a program director. Uh, when I got out, I went to college and decided I liked management and uh, went into management, leadership, entrepreneurship. Um, I've got lots of classes of statistics and lots of, lots of math classes under my belt uh, because I was in engineering and architecture as, as well. Um, and so uh, I really like the statistics, economics side of things. I went and worked for Caterpillar for a number of years um, up in Chicago. And that's where I kind of had the epiphany of 
what have I really been doing? Because, you know, you work at Pizza Hut while you're in college and you do things like that. But what have I been doing this whole time? Well, I, I wasn't real. I was an aviation operations specialist. And then I was a project manager with Caterpillar. But really, what have I been doing? I've been doing the, the core jobs, but I've been doing all of the peripheral improvement projects. I was on, you know, the people initiative at Caterpillar things like that with, you know, up at the corporate level. So really where, where are my skill sets and what have I been doing and what can I affect the market the most at? So, so that's what I realized that I was really good at and I had a passion for, uh, and how can I help the most businesses? So I got some opportunities in the consulting world and, and kind of took off with that. Wow. And consulting is such a broad term. Tell us, how you consult with small businesses. Yeah, it, it really is. That's a great question because there are so many different types of consultants. In fact, uh, we've got consultants in the Lubbock area. I'm in Lubbock, Texas, obviously Lubbock Consulting, but I'm all, I'm nationwide. Um, but just in the Lubbock area, we've got lots of different types of consultants and things like that. Uh, some do communication, some do focus heavily on marketing, some do other things. What I like to do is, and this is kind of the mission, vision, values of the company all summed up into one. Here's our little slogan is inspire, thrive, and lead. Now we want our clients to have inspiring branding and marketing. Uh, so we start that out, uh, you know, so that's the mission, vision, values, guiding principles of your company. We help to form that stuff. What's the culture of your company gonna look like? That's your inspire level stuff. Your thrive is how do you make your operations better than ever before and make more money doing it, right? So that's your thrive. You know, we want you to have those great memories of you and your family out on the boat, out on the lake, right? So you can't do that when you're struggling and you're working 80 hours a week um, inside of your business instead of working on your business. So we want those business owners to thrive. So we focus on hey, what are the things that we can improve and how can and what are the steps to get there? And we uh, implement those initiatives. And then lead is uh, the encompassing leadership that goes along with everything. So you've got the inspire, the thrive, and now the lead. Uh, we teach management. We teach leadership. We find your unique leadership style, uh, which is very important because everybody's got a different personality and even two different people that might fit under the same leadership style or leadership uh, kind of attitude or mentality, those kind of people, they might have just slightly different things. So we want to make sure that everybody's leading effectively. And then we focus on employees as well uh, and kind of say, hey, let's listen to the employees. What are they telling us? So that's kind of where I focus is we, we break it down into inspire, thrive, and lead. So. Awesome. So I know a lot of people that are in coaching and consulting that they haven't really accomplished anything or they don't have their own business. That's totally different than you, isn't it, Corey? Um, I would say, yeah, uh, if, if they're not really, if there, there's a difference between uh, being a solopreneur and having your own business and having a team around you. I've, I've tried the team thing. We've talked about this a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I always want to build a team around me. And sometimes that team is um, major, uh, majorly outsourced. So 1099 contractors yeah. or something like that. Um, and 
so we do that uh, here recently. I've, so this summer, I've got two fantastic interns. Shout out to Ashton and Emily. Uh, Ashton is from uh, Harvard and Emily is from Cornell. And then we've got, uh, and they're doing a fantastic job. So check their blog posts out on my website, loveaconsulting.com. And they just read through their stuff. They're fantastic. Um, they are fantastic. Then I've just hired uh, Cindy Griffin. She's my director of new business development. And so what, one of the things I try to, uh, the narrative that I try to push is build a team around you with uh, different core competencies that are going to uh, complement your uh, core competencies and your abilities. And one of the things that I'm not great at is balancing the sales with the operations. And so we're bringing Cindy on as an extra set of hands to help with the sales prospecting side of things. Because while I'm working on you as your, you know, your business, I'm not out selling. And so I'm going to try to uh, try to even out that ripple uh, a little bit with building that team around me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say there's a lot of people out there that, hey, I consult or I do things uh, and they're really not uh, they're not building a business around them, uh, which is fine if that's what you want to do. And that's that's your thing. But, you know, um, just like anything else, a business is a it's an animal of its own and you really have to you have to treat it like a business. You have to uh, you have to do your bookkeeping and you have to have your accounting and, and your marketing and everything and, and your budgets and your business plan uh, going at it uh, by the seat of your pants in any business is just ill advised. So. Yeah, that is so true. And earlier we were talking a little bit about Facebook marketing and I've noticed that a lot of people have started a business recently and they, they've gotten into Facebook marketing, whether it be they're boosting posts or they're using the ads manager. I'm assuming they're boosting just from looking at them and yes. uh, that they are just putting in to boost the post and they're not narrowing down that information. So I've got people from New York City that are serving me ads to paint my house in Waco, Texas. Or mm -hmm. in Florida, they have a power washing business and I'm getting served ads for that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to reach out to these people and go, you're just throwing your money away because it's not getting to your target market at all. Me, on my Facebook advertising, I know for every dollar that I put in, I'm going to get $37 back. I know exactly how much it costs me to get a $5,000 customer or a $10,000 customer because numbers don't lie. So is that something that you see a lot in your consulting that people are just throwing money away on their marketing because yeah. they think they can do it uh, themselves? You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can, uh, you know, really, really screw up a Facebook ad. Um, either boosting or just throwing it at a, your non-target market, mm -hmm. um, as well as just putting out a bad ad and just hoping that it works. Um, one of the things that I've picked up and, you know, uh, we do focus on marketing and marketing consulting. Uh, we do not run Facebook ads for our clients. Uh, we will advise on Facebook clients, uh, on Facebook ads and things like that. However, we don't, you know, we're not a marketing agency. We do have some partners, especially, in, uh, and we can talk about that later in the master networks of kind of uh, networking arena. But uh, so one of the things that I've seen and I've advised on is 
uh, iterations. Um, I would say make sure that you've got your target market nailed down. Then whatever you're promoting, maybe it's power washing, maybe it's painting a house, maybe it's uh, you know building decks on the back uh, on people's backyards, uh, back porches, um, you know things like that. If that's your goal, you want someone to buy that service or that product, whatever it is. Um, make three, if, especially if you're a small business, start out with three or five or something like that. Do a couple of different static images and then, uh, you know, devote some time or some money into, uh, and, you know, money is something that you can leverage. Leverage that money, get that video produced that might, uh, so maybe make three iterations of a video post. So those are actually going to get you more attention yep. So your video posts and your static posts. Do three of them each. So now you've got six posts. Now start writing your ad copy. And this this isn't super easy by any means, but here's the simple layout. Here's the couple of steps plan. I don't even know how many steps, several steps, but uh, let's count them. So make some iterative things, figure out what your target market is, go after that. So you've got your pictures, your videos, start writing your copy, write several iterations of copy, start pairing them up, say this works with this, this works with, and ha have three sets of copy per uh, media, right? So you've got three JPEG images and you got three videos. Now multiply that by three sets of copy, sales copy. What are you at, right? So you're at six times three, uh, you know, and so you start to multiply, multiply. Now start going after your target market, segment that out. At the end of the day, if you break all of this stuff, you should have about 100 different advertisements. That sounds like an insane amount of work because it is. Okay. But here's the best part about that. You can spend $100 on 100 ads. It's a dollar an ad, which, you know, you probably can't. Facebook's got, you know, hey, yeah, you should probably those. spend $3 or whatever. Anyway, let's just make the example 100 bucks, 100 ads. It's a dollar an ad and you can figure out what works. Mm -hmm. Or you can spend $100 on one ad that doesn't work. Anymore. Yep. And now you're out a hundred bucks, you know, so hoping and dreaming that your one advertisement is going to work never works. So make sure you're taking those 100 ads or 50, start with 30, start with 30 ads, plan it all out for your hundred, start with those 30 ads, see if they work, go on to the next 30 ads, see if they work. Uh, ideally you want to start with your 100 ads, put some money into it, see what starts working. Uh, what I advise people, there's kind of two different methods of cutting uh, your bad ads. If you've got some that really, really stand out, if you've got some really cream of the crop at the top, take your 80% off the bottom and only focus on those top 20 performers and really go after those as your um, uh, start putting money into them and taking money away from the 80%. Now, if, if you've got kind of, and this is, goes back to kind of statistics, right? If you've got kind of an even playing field, take your bottom 20 off. Just start, you know, cutting your bottom 20 off every couple of weeks or whatever and see see where you get. But, uh, or even a couple of days because Facebook advertising will really give you some, some good stats. Um, but, you know, talk about demographics. I mean, you're going to have the same ad play in different demographics. A lot of people play it, hey, let's pick everybody from everywhere and then we'll see okay well this really resonated with the 35 to 45 age group well 
we can just cancel the other ones if we have multiple ads. Well, if you only have one ad, you have to cancel that ad and then refocus it on the 45 or the 35 to 45. Yep. So um, keep that in mind. The best tip or trick for Facebook ads is iteration, period, end of story. Um, it will get you the results that you want because you will real time see that that right there is working and that is not. Let's cut the not working and focus on the is working. Um, just like in anything else, you have to iterate your steps and, and figure out what's working, what's not, and A-B test that if you want to uh, call it that. But, you know, that's that's really the one tip or trick is iterate and then start cutting the, the losers out. If you just do one and you do a boosted post, it's just going to be flopping in the wind, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, a, you gave us tons of, like, nuggets that could save people decades of time uh, on Facebook. And then also hundreds of thousands of dollars. Every yeah. ad that you write as a small business owner is not going to be a rock star. You're going to write yeah. some that are bad ads. And the great thing about Facebook is it's a free platform. So when you're putting stuff up, you can see if people start to engage with it or not, right? So you can play with it a little bit for free before you start putting that money into it. But most people don't even think about that. And another thing you said was target target market. I talk to people all the time and they're like anybody that's breathing. Oh, really? You compete with Walmart and Amazon? You've got that deep of pockets? Like, no. You have a target market that you need to go after. I just want to pull my hair out when I'm talking to somebody that goes, I'm going to just go after everyone. I, in my business, know that I can't. If I build a tree house, my demographic changes from a patio deck. So those are two totally different people I'm going after. And then cleaning too. Those are three yeah. different categories. I got to have three different ads. No, I have to have 300 different ads. And I need yes. to see which one is getting the most traction on Facebook before I ever start throwing my money out the window. And ad copy. Oh my gosh, most people don't think about ad copy. They think about what I want to sell, what I love. No, you have to think about your customer, your target market customer. What are they worrying about? What are they thinking about before you walk into their life? So my question is, after all that rant, because you know I love marketing, uh, is how important is target market when you own a business? It's absolutely uh, the most important thing. And, and here's the thing. You can have several. You can say, hey, my business caters to all businesses, right? Yeah. Um, but when, you, when you're advertising or when you're marketing, that target market audience is important. Because, for instance, if someone wants to build a deck and they are uh, or someone wants to put something together, and they are 35 years old, it may be because they don't know or they don't have the tools. Um, someone like my age, you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, I wish I could do that, but it's gonna, you know, the investment of buying some additional, uh, I've got some, I've got drills and all kinds of things that I've accumulated over the years, but the fact that I'm gonna have to go out and spend 500 bucks just to buy all the tools and build the deck or whatever, then I've then I've got all these tools that I might use again in the next three years. Um, so you know, or I could just have someone build it and just be done with it. 
Yeah. Uh, then I've got to learn it. So there's all that situation. That's going to be a different marketing campaign than someone that's 70 that just doesn't have the energy to do it. Mm -hmm. You're going to give them the same product or the same service, but they need to be advertised differently because when they when a 70 year old sees a 35 year old person in the advertisement, they say, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. Immediately in their brain, there's a click. So it's a little bit of psychology as well. So make sure that when you are uh, selling your products, you have a target market. And maybe that's several different target markets, uh, but they need to be sold in different ways uh, because of the, the psychology, like I just said. And that's that's just one example of, of that. And I've talked multiple times this week about just that subject right there of target market with all kinds of different people because it's so important. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Apple's advertisements, which they're like, they're a trillion dollar company, right? You can learn yes. something from them. Their ads that they have on TV or that they have on online, they don't just go towards one target market. Sometimes you'll see them talking about FaceTime with mom and dad across the country, right? That hits two target markets. That hits mom and dad and then the millennials with kids, right? And then yeah. the next one you watch, I'll be somebody that's an adventurer that they want to document something that they're doing. Maybe they're white river rafting or something like that. They're telling a good story to their target market. And they really don't even, they're beautiful at doing it. They don't even have to really tell what Apple does because we already all know what Apple does. But it's getting yeah. to you and your heart, which is their different target markets. Well, and for your audience that, uh, you know, some people are going to know what this is and some people aren't. So I'm going to explain it. Uh, but uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is extremely important in understanding not only inter office communications between yourself and a coworker or yourself and a subordinate or a, or a uh, leader, um, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what does that person, what level of that hierarchy are they at? And so, I mean, you know, at the very, very bottom, you know, if someone, especially right now in COVID-19 territory, right? Mm -hmm. uh, someone that may own a business may be kind of struggling and they're, you know, they've gone from, uh, hey, we've got a thriving business, things are going well, I'm giving back to the community to, hey, how am I gonna pay my mortgage? Mm -hmm. That takes you down on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So, um, you know, you're really concerned about caring for your family, putting a roof over your head. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I tell people all this all the time. If you are a billionaire and you are, you know, let's say you're Bill Gates and you're giving out AIDS medication in Africa or whatever, you know, uh, curing the Zika virus or whatever you're doing. Uh, and then you get caught in a riptide out on the beach and you're now drowning. None of that matters. Mm -hmm. The only thing that matters is you getting some air and surviving. So that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, most of us are not drowning, drowning in real life. But if there is somebody out there that's, uh, hey, I'm having a hard time. How do you appeal to that person and uh, get their attention versus, hey, I'm at this level or that level? So appeal to that nature. Hey, I'm running a successful business, but I don't get to go home and see my son's t-ball game uh, or whatever it is. 
that's a mass appeal to that on that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that's what Apple does. That's what a lot of companies mm-hmm. do. They get you to feel that thing. So, yeah. you know, your physiological, your safety, your belonging um, are the bottom tier of that. But, you know, you really have to you have to appeal to that for your target market and understand what they're doing. And a lot of exercises that we do on the marketing side is um, making a fictional character. Uh, and I had my I had my interns work on that uh, last month. Is they made a fictional character and we marketed to that character, and uh, they did a really great job. Uh, Jessica owned a restaurant and uh, she I, they they. Uh, drew out what kind of car she drove and what kind of dog she owned and what her husband's name was. And we created this fictional character and how to market to her. What were her needs or her, what were her psychological needs? Um, and how do we, how do we get um, in, into her uh, sphere of influence and who, who is she associating with uh, things like that? And it, it really comes down to that target market and knowing who your client is and really digging deep, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's very important. That's one of the first things in the first couple of years of Sometimes Spouse that we did was we found our target market and that we even got pictures of them off of the internet. Uh, the names were Michael and Holly. We knew what they did. We knew what they hang out. We knew what their kids were into. Like we went through every area. We wanted to know Michael and Holly more than they knew themselves. I wanted to know where they're hanging out on Facebook and social media. I wanted to know what they're doing. Now, over the years, it's changed a little bit because they weren't millennials in the beginning. They were Generation Xers. But as we've aged, now they're millennials. But we know everything that they do. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's just a waste of time. No, this is what's going to make you very, very wealthy is if you know who your target market is. And then you can branch off of that, like you said, um, to go to those different areas if you want to bring, you know, some older people in or whatever. But if yeah. you go for that target market, the rest will fall in. Well, and that's that's important to note as well. And, and you know, we, we talked about this, we touched on this a little bit earlier. You, you said a little bit of something is, um, you know, people are wasting money because they're just throwing money away on Facebook. And, and one, of the, one of the big factors is that not knowing your target market and advertising to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And the other side of that is um, really, you know, they're, they're just advertising, like I said, that one ad to that one, even that one target market, maybe that ad isn't resonating. So you've got two sides of that coin, who it's going to and what you're sending out. So what are you communicating? Yeah. And so if you can communicate a hundred different ways, uh, it may seem like, hey, we had to we had to cancel eighty percent of our ads, and this you know uh, this is the Edison light bulb. I didn't find out I didn't fail a thousand times. I found out a thousand ways that this didn't work or whatever, and yeah. so I found out the one way it did. And so that and that right there is is you've got to put out that effort, and it's actually making you more money because you invested in finding out what really does work and how to pinpoint that. Yeah, so another thing is, is people just use one form of advertising and that doesn't work. You have to use multiple forms of advertising and marketing your business 
and advertising and marketing are two different things and a lot of people don't understand that so in going out one thing we were talking about was different networking meetings i'm a i'm a member of business networking international my husband's and uh a, a member of master networks and as talking to you you're a member of master networks in lubbock too absolutely and our lubbock chapter is blowing up uh, Texas North is blowing up. We've got, uh, so you're in the Texas North region over there in Waco where you're at, um, or your husband is. Um, and, um, and then we, we also, because of the chapter is new in Lubbock, uh, we've got the area, but the region is still Texas North. Um, and then we've got regions all over the United States in Illinois. And, you know, one of the great things about, uh, my business is, because I'm so specialized in operations consulting and continuous improvement, there's a lot of business consultants out there that are, you know, hey, here's the formula for success or yeah. whatever. Um, and I, in Master Networks, we have a term called unicorn. So in Lubbock and our good friend Dylan Moore with Pecan Ridge, he is a unicorn because who else sells pecans anywhere in the nation yeah. in Master Networks? Nobody. So he's got a gift shop. They've got all kinds of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, and in fact, I'm going to pick up a hat later today from one of their vendors and, and things like that for a friend, but, you know, getting your name out there and finding out other people, it kind of works a really, really, uh, different way. You, you know, your billboard ads, your newspaper, your TV, depending on what market you're in for me, the TV and the newspaper, not really even worth it. Um, however, for someone like you with sometimes spouse, TV and newspaper hit people. Hey, I'm at home. I'm sitting on my couch. We're watching the, you know, five o'clock news, see what's going on in the world. And that, and that TV ad may resonate with them. Uh, they're, you know, most people right now, we're all on our cell phones with our iPhones or our Androids or whatever. So that's a great way to resonate with those crowds. Um, with me personally, uh, I have to build trust. And so that networking is absolutely vital for my business. So Facebook, building trust over Facebook, Instagram, online. Uh, I'm not on TikTok yet. And we've got some crazy news about they might be shutting down TikTok for the United States. That's so, crazy. But, I love TikTok. Uh, Dylan we'll, would be we'll good at TikTok. I'm, I'm still watching I'm a conspiracy theorist on, on my private side, uh, so we won't get it too into that. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, if that's what is going to resonate with your audience, then do that. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about Gary Vee, you and I. Yeah. Uh, Gary Vee has got the marketing side of things. Uh, I think, you know, he claims to still be learning every day, and I think he is, but I think he's got a lot of things nailed down. One of the things that he's got that a lot of us don't have is someone following him around with a camera. Yeah. He's always mic'd up, it sounds like, um, which we are not. Uh, I don't know that me doing spreadsheets would be very entertaining for people. But, uh, you know, get on your phone. We Everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got several. I think you've got one with the four cameras or 18 cameras on the back of that thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I've got one of the newer ones. And live. Yeah. Just go live. People care. Go live. Uh, do you know? Do all kinds of different things. 
there's a really great service that I do uh, every once in a while, and I'll do this nationwide. It's electronic billboards. Oh, yeah. uh, I am not sponsored by anyone, so I'm not going to give you any names. You can find them online just Googling. But you can basically make your own billboard on your graphics just like you would a Facebook ad. Make it the size that it needs to be and then purchase uh, ads on those electronic billboards. And they'll just flap, uh, uh, flash up there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's really, really convenient. It's really inexpensive. Uh, for what it is just to get your brand out there mm-hmm. so especially in your bigger cities where you've got lots of traffic they're sitting in traffic yeah. for a long time hit them on the billboard just put a you know put your logo up there put your slogan up there get a little bit of a call to action sometimes and you can change that stuff up you can iterate that stuff too especially because it's electronic yeah so it can change you can have eight different billboards up and when someone calls and says hey I really need sometimes spouse. You say, hey, what, how'd you find us? Well, I, I saw a billboard. Which one did you see? Do you see the blue one or the red one? Well, I saw the blue one and I, it really resonated with me. Okay, yeah. now I know that the red one's really not performing as yep. much, right? Whereas that's one call, you get a couple of calls. In, but, you know, you can still iterate anything you want. Uh, TV ads um, are still relevant. Radio ads, still relevant depending on your market. Um, uh, Pandora radio on, or, uh, YouTube, uh, radio, things like, the, or YouTube music, all of these applications have advertisement, uh, capabilities, uh, Instagram, you know, just all kinds of different things be everywhere. Uh, that's one of the reasons I started my podcast and I know that you've got your podcast and, and, uh, and so you know, there's there's lots of different ways to get your name out there and market to your audience. Yeah, and I think it's really important what you said. Like, you need to know who your target market is before you start using this stuff. TV works for some people in some categories of business, and then social media everybody being on their phone gets to a totally different kind of group of people so that is so important it ties back what he's giving you listeners is hundreds of thousands of dollars it's going to save you and it's going to save you decades of time in business so we're all about you know life hacks and business hacks making it go from here to here and saving you and getting you to make more money now. I mean, he charges, I don't know how much an hour, and he just gave it to you guys for free. Write it down. It's so important. Know your target market. Well, and and that's one of the reasons I I love doing these podcasts is because I can provide value and I can provide it to many, many different people at the same time versus what I do uh, a lot of is one-on-one coaching with businesses, and I'll do classes and seminars every once in a while. Um, I really do love teaching and I love pushing that value out there. Uh, my new business development management uh, says that uh, I need to start charging a little bit for things. But, you know, um, I, you know, it really does matter to push that value out to, uh, to everybody and, and let everybody know how they can improve. Uh, of course, if they need to deep dive, that's that's really what I specialize in. 
Awesome. Now, Master Networks, it's different than other networking groups. My one that I'm in is very transactional. It's not like Master Networks where it is almost like a community that bonds. Even though Max is in Master Networks, I was, I was embraced by the Master Networks kind of family, right? That they're like, come in, even though you're a part of something different. So that's a cool thing that Master Networks has that nobody else that I've seen in uh, networking events have figured out yet. Yeah, I think it's really unique. Uh, you know, uh, Business Networking International, we've talked about that, BNI, um, they have, you know, you have to show up to the meetings or have a substitute, which is valid. You're paying and you need to be in the group and you need to be listening. You need to be putting your stuff out. The second thing that they have is that you are mandated X amount of uh, referrals that you have to give to someone in the group or anyone in the group, um, which I understand that as well. That's very transactional, though. Uh, you have to do this. You have to do this. I think that's very well suited for someone that is in sales and is actively prospecting and actively talking to multiple people every day. I personally am not talking to individuals every day. I'm not talking to 50 people every day on the phone. Um, that's just not how I run my business. Um, however, if someone's working for um, a company like uh, uh, doing so, like, um, Verizon or AT&T and they're the corporate salesperson for Verizon or AT&T, that's their job is to go out and prospect. They're going to be talking to business owners. They're going to be talking to all kinds of different people. That's going to be very easy for them to give those several referrals per month or a couple. I, I don't think it's too steep. Um, so there are some very good benefits to those that kind of a group. It is meant for one thing. They also offer worldwide training, international training. Uh, and so our uh, the Master Networks founder, uh, Chaz Wilson, love Chaz. Um, he is he was a BNI member yep. and he had some family emergency and uh, he can tell you all about that. And that's his story to tell. But basically he ended up found finding out that BNI was very transactional and he ended up having to start. Uh, he said, "Well, this isn't this isn't good." So he started Master Networks based on a community kind of atmosphere. Referrals are a benefit of uh, membership and being in the club, you know, but they're not required. Attendance is required. You've got some leeway there. You can miss a couple. They've got some bylaws that allow you that, or you can send a substitute which I recommend showing up anyway to yeah. any refer or any referral group or networking group because it's your face, it's your business, yep. show up. Um, the, uh, and then they also offer training. They've got Master Networks University uh, as well as, you know, they have the meetings. I think the other thing that they did is they wanted the meetings to be one hour and stuff. I think BNI is an hour and a half, uh, a lot of the ones I've been to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there's a there's a couple of slight differences. They are both referral network mm -hmm. groups. Um, I can if I was in BNI, I could go to a different BNI chapter that didn't have my uh, category. Uh, do they what do they call them in BNI categories? Uh, I believe so. I don't know the well, official and, and verbiage. Then, I'm not the vice president. Networks, we're calling them verticals. Yeah. So you can have multiple insurance people in a, yeah, a master networks chapter. 
Uh, if I go to uh, Master Networks chapter out in the Waco, Dallas area, um, then if someone's not in my category of business coaching, business consulting, specifically for operations, I can talk about myself. Uh-huh. However, if there is someone there that is that type of business consultant, I'm not able to. So that's where we get into those unicorns is we're able to spread a little bit more because this person focuses on insurance in BNI and that's it. Or Master Networks, you have this person, folk, they sell all kinds of insurance, but their focus, their vertical is very specific into farm and ranch or into um, uh, you know health insurance uh-huh. or uh, commercial insurance or whatever. So they pick a vertical, but everybody kind of works together. And so uh, you can have face-to-face or one-on-one or whatever in these BNI and Master Networks groups. That's just a really, really great way. If you need to build trust in your community, you, you know, getting those referrals is a fantastic way to market and advertise uh, because you're getting that bandwagon. Hey, you need to talk to my friend, Corey. He's a business consultant. He can help you. That's already giving that person confidence in you and your service because someone recommended you. So one of their friends, one of their people that they're working with. Um, so especially out here in West Texas, we build a lot of trust and we, uh, we try to make sure our communities are uh, very solid. And so it, it really does resonate out here for sure. So Sorry, I went into really deep detail about those networking groups, but it's so important. It is so important. And you've got to find out what really works for you. Like we were talking, community is big in the the smaller areas um, that it's, it's really important, especially when it's referral based. If you're really yeah. just wanting to high, get high, high numbers, BNI might be a better better uh, choice for you. It just really is what you're looking for in that networking group because they are similar, but they're different. Yeah, they've got different purposes there. And, you know, I will uh, let, you know, kind of backtrack a little bit too about the community side of things. Uh, The one thing that resonated with me, that's why I'm a client. I have to pay membership dues, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a client of this service. They provide a service of us meeting. And uh, one of the things that resonated with me is the community aspect uh, one of the guys um, out in the Dallas area, I can't remember what it was. I believe it was a house fire and he had lost almost everything and he was a photographer. So what they did is they had an, an event where they, all of the Master Networks members from all over the Dallas area came, t- came to this event. I think somebody, it was a speaking engagement, but this, you could pay this guy a couple of bucks. I mean, it was probably, you know, I don't know, 30, 50, hundred bucks for professionally, professional grade headshots for your business photo. You know, I've got one and I need to update it. Cause I got a beard now. I think uh, the one you posted uh, was, I was a wee, wee uh, 20 year old somewhere in the twenties. Um, but um, you know, I need to update mine. Well, they supported him as a business and, and, to get his house back from the house fire, uh, we re- and you know I told you a little bit about Chaz had a family emergency and he that that's why he left uh, he he actually got booted out of BNI because he missed too many meetings because he was taking care of his family. You know, there's got to be a leeway there of like, hey, we understand you're going through a hard time. We got you, and yeah. so um, the community rallies around these people. We just had someone in Lubbock have a house fire. 
Um, and, um, and we rallied around them and, um, you know, we are there to, you know, help them out. And actually they had a barn fire, their, their barn caught on fire. So, uh, the most of the tools and, and keepsakes and all that stuff was burnt and the house is safe thank goodness but a lot of the things that were in the barn were very um nostalgic and uh and then of course tools need to be replaced um mm-hmm. uh, because that's uh, the uh you know the husband's job is a he's a uh, he's a handyman uh for lack of a better term i believe he's got a formal title but he's a he's a handyman for uh uh a bunch of churches and things and so uh i mean great great people uh we love to support them in general and then they have a travesty a tragedy like that and it's really uh the community rallies behind them so i think you know that's really really important and that resonates with me personally and that's why i'm part of that group as opposed to uh hey i need the numbers i need the numbers i need the numbers Uh of some other different groups Yeah, I had a family emergency a week ago, and so it's all online. We don't really have anything set up for how if I'm not there. So I sent it to our director uh, in BNI, and I sent it to our vice president, and they got it all taken care of. But I did notice it because I've been following Master Networks um, and then watching BNI. I went back Wednesday, and nobody of the 25 people that were there said hey how you doing are you all right are you all right my regional director didn't say hey did you get everything taken care of do you need me to cover the meeting and then the next thing I got was an absentee letter and uh that was the first time I've missed in over a year since I joined this networking group and I was like he was a president of a BNI chapter and he had been there I think he's I think his story was seven years or something. I mean, so it is very transactional. You have to know what you're getting into. Um, and it is beneficial. I mean, you said yourself, what is it? Hundreds of thousands of dollars has come from that. Yeah, chapter. it has. So I'm not giving for. up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's, there's benefits and, and detriments. And, and I think yeah. I think you just have to know what you're getting into. You're not going to get the comfort, lovey, uh, fuzzy feeling yeah. teddy bear. So... Whereas Master Networks, I change my hair and they're like, Christy, did you change your hair? Like those details and they're going, hey, how can I help out? What can I do? It's totally different. Both of them are beneficial to us. Both of them have brought in a lot of money for us. But if I want connections, I'm going with Master Networks. And Chaz has the the guy that started master networks i've read his story and you 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 explained it a little bit well in a short period of time he's written a book will you show us that book yeah and i've got it right here five plus one one of the things that i like i mean as a fellow business consultant i will praise this book this is actually a really good book i don't have my own book um but if i were to write a book especially on networking team building all of the things this is, this is a really easy read. It's got, I don't know if you can see it, big text for people like me that read a little slow. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know I, think, I think this book is really a fantastic book. Um, and he came into Lubbock. He's a really good guy. He's also a fellow redhead, so I think that's why we get along. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'll say this. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to um, 
if you're going to start something, you know, start it and do it big. Um, he's done that. And, and, and so I think that the five plus one book as a fellow consultant, this is some of the stuff that I teach. He teaches it in a uh-huh. different way, of course, but this is the, some of the stuff that I teach some of the things that I'm, if you ever hired me, uh, one of the listeners out there, uh, if you ever hired me, I'm going to teach you some of the stuff that's very similar to what's in this book. Um, of course, again, you can't get all the details out of a book and you can't, uh, and, and everything's going to be a little different, especially one-on-one coaching. But, uh, I, you know, I'll praise that book all day cause it's a fantastic book. Uh, just like all of the other books on my bookshelf behind my desk over here. Um, the, uh, you know, there's lots of books out there. I've read hundreds of them, especially in the management, uh, uh, realm and, and, and leadership realm. And so, that five plus one, the entrepreneur's formula for success. I made a little bit of fun of the formula for success earlier, but I think this is a good one. So I just ordered that book yesterday because I only have like went all in on learning about Chaz within the last week or so. I'm kind of stalking him a little bit. I'm back a year Absolutely. now this week. Let's, so- I, I'm going to I'm gonna send him that clip and make sure he feels <laughs> super awkward. Yeah, I bet he's like on his Instagram if he even – does his own Instagram now and he's like, who is this woman? And why and why is she um, commenting? Like, come on, lady, shut up. But yeah, you know, and I, I run a similar uh program. You know, everybody's got their program. I don't like to put people in boxes. He doesn't either. Um but you know one of the things that really important is to, you know, market and network is is fine, but you have to you have to know who your target market is. You actually have to put in some of the organizational work. You know, if you know your target market and all of this other stuff and you get, uh, you know, sometimes spouse, how many, how many clients, how many services can you perform in a day all across all of your businesses right now? And I, I don't, I'm not expecting an exact answer here. However, you need to know kind of what your capacity is yeah. on operations because I can go out and sell and, hey, let's post that Facebook post. And out of the 100 Facebook posts or Facebook ads I put out, one of them is just blowing up all over the place, all over the country, whatever, you know, viral somehow. And now you're getting thousands of calls. Wouldn't that be nice, right? That'd be a good problem to have. However, you can't take care of that many clients right now and that no one can. Uh, But what you can do is find those operational inefficiencies and upgrade them so that you can you can hopefully take care of more clients than you were yesterday and have that little bit of a balloon expansion kind of uh, ability without going super overhead heavy right yeah so that's what i help people with as well um that doesn't really go into detail on that in the book or any in in a lot of these books really don't go into detail on that and so that's what i'm working on curriculum wise is I call it the growth track. And so we talked a little bit about uh, operational expansion. You don't want to be in the, com- the comfort zone because you're not expanding. You don't want to be in the panic zone. Like I just described, you get 10,000 calls in one day, can't take care of everybody. Uh, you want to be in, in the growth zone. And uh, so make sure that you're you're doing those, those types of things to grow a little bit, put some more uh, capacity into place, and then also find your target market. Definitely. Now, Corey, if they want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you at Lubbock Consulting? It's lubbockconsulting.com. 
L-U-B-B-O-C-K consulting.com. And uh, you can go on there and contact us, or you can send us a, an email, info at lubbockconsulting.com. And uh, those are the best ways to reach out to us. Uh, we do have uh, several phone numbers that we can uh, put out, but just go to the website. It's so much easier. You can find us on Facebook, Lubbock Consulting. Check us out on the, you know, uh, and Christy was on the Inspire Thrive Lead podcast. We've got a separate Facebook page and YouTube account for those, Inspire Thrive Lead podcast. I'm also out on Anchor FM with all of the Google podcasts and uh, you, you name it, uh, Spotify, uh, that Inspire Thrive Lead podcast is pretty much anywhere you can absorb podcasts. And we talk with experts as well, uh, not to compete with Christie's great show, but I think you can, you should consume both Christie's and mine. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it really is, um, the best way is just the website or Facebook, uh, got an Instagram, got multiple things. So just go out and follow get great tips and tricks just by following. So awesome. Uh, and good little thought process too. I, I like to just, Hey, are you thinking about this? Um, because maybe I don't need to help you. Maybe you just need to think about that and get it done. Maybe I don't need to really get involved. So hopefully that's the case in some, some, somebody's life. Right. I love to ask people a kind of off the wall question to end the interview on. That was an amazing interview. So much value for my listeners. Thank you so much. I hope so, Jim. If you had the choice between two superpowers, being invisible or flying, which would you choose and why? Oh, man. So can I turn the invisibility on and off? It's up to or you. Or just invisible all the time? It's up to you. I don't know. It's your power. Oh, um, I, I don't know because I do like, I like to be invisible every once in a while. I like to uh, shut off the lights and, and listen to music and and be an introvert. Uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what flying would, I think flying would be really cool because I could go just fly. Uh, as, as long as it was fast flight, I think I'm going to pick fast flight because I can get away from people if I need to for the introvert side of me, or I can go to other places very easily. Uh, so I can go out to Dallas and sit with you guys and, and meet with you guys out there in the Waco area uh, with the Master Networks group, or I can go up to Chicago and have a good hot dog or whatever. I think, I think I'd have to choose flight. I think I'd have to choose flight. Awesome. Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us for the Sometime Spouse podcast. This has been a great podcast. Hey, I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. And thank you to the listeners for listening. You have uh, been listening to the Sometime Spouse podcast with Ask an Expert, Corey Myers. You guys, on Monday, we have some amazing business tips for you. I'm Christy Ogle with Sometime Spouse.